0: Suplex retweet
1: Hello and welcome once again to ESSR Central here on Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. My name's Ross McLeod, and in the ever revolving door of co-hosts, I'm joined today by John Isherwood. John, um a Liverpudlian, has walked out of a job after <laughs> saying this quite bluntly. And my recently <laughs> Uh,
2: I've not walked out of any jobs yet, but um, yeah, interesting move for Stevie G.
1: Do you look happy? Do you look settled? Are you settled?
2: (laughs) I'm settled. I'm fine. Okay, I'll not ask you silly questions. I'm not walking out of any doors.
1: And hopefully none of you have walked out <laughs> after that horrendous <laughs> opening there. Just me yelling down the phone at some man. Like you support that team. It must be your fault. It's my um, fault. I told him to do it. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to listen to other content when I'm not screaming at Liverpudlian Puddling for the job status of Steven Gerard, we well, can check out our massive back catalogue, Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet, for thousands of interviews, previews, news and reviews. Uh, all on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify and all good Android podcasting sites and of course at Suplex Retweet Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube Bebo, Grinder, Bumble, MySpace and plenty of fish uh, you wherever you want to find us <laughs> Tinder, no, no, no we're, we're not on Tinder um, yeah. David Campbell did something bad with the account we won't go into that but anyway, um, something we will go into is um, Full Gear AEW's last pay-per-view of the year Full Gear Last year was opened by Adam Page and Kenny Omega in the uh, AEW Title Eliminator Tournament. This year, it was closed by Kenny Omega and Adam Page for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Um, Adam Page, spoiler alert, won the match. uh, A great end to a storyline that was over a year in the making. Um, And... It's quite odd here, John, not to WWE bash, I'm one of the biggest defenders of WWE, sometimes a bit too much, but it was nice going into something, wanting this ending, being invested for so long, and then being happy with the outcome.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think everybody wanted this, didn't they? This this was going to be the huge feel-good ending that everybody wanted to see, and everybody was behind hangman page uh and and that crowd were well and truly behind him the the intro he got as well our video was really good when he was riding his horse uh through town and and that was and all the videos in the background on the billboards it was really really well put together um they put him over i love the graphics team stuff that they're doing as well uh, that those little touches are (laughs) just really nice and it, it makes it stand out a little bit the match itself was very very good um, and you know what much respect to Kenny Omega for working as injured as he is you know, with, with all the you know, problems he's got physically right now to work in that condition Yeah, you know, my, my coach said to me if you can work injured it means you're good he's working injured and he worked a hell of a match with Hangman Page that was very good stuff
1: Yeah, there's a. I can't remember. It was another podcast I was listening to that was um, reviewing Mister Perfect and the final of King of the Ring with Bret Hart. One of my
2: favourite matches ever. That from 1993. One of my my go-to matches that I watch.
1: And um, it was talking about the back injury at the time. In fact, I think it might have been inside the ropes. I think it might have been Kenny McIntosh. And he says people always say that WrestleMania 14, Austin Michaels was good for. Mike was having a back injury. Mm. That was just perfect. Bret Hart was good because it was good. You would not have known he had an injury. You, you and, really wouldn't. And I think the biggest praise you can keep on Kenny Omega here is to put him in the same breath as Mr. Perfect. If it wasn't for the internet, you would not have known that he was injured. He Understand. was flying over the top rope. It was. He was picking... Adam, uh, I was about to say Adam uh, Pierce, he was picking, he could have picked Adam Pierce up too, probably could have been a great match with him, uh, he was picking Adam Page up, he was throwing him about, he was flying about the ring and yeah, he just uh, obviously we, we talked about Kenny Omega being injured there, uh, he's apparently meant to have, according to Wrestling Observer, various ailments and injuries that were checked out on Wednesday uh, and the word is now that he might have to have shoulder surgery Wrestling has periods of, you know, people go on hot streaks and then cool down and um, sometimes stepping away for a bit is the best way to be on a cool down. And if it means capping off what was an incredible year, where let's not forget, he wasn't just champion of AEW, he was champion of uh, Impact Wrestling, he was champion of um, AAA, still champion of A. Still champion, yeah. Yep. Wrestling, you know, wrestling on not every show available for AEW, wrestling on every pay-per-view for Impact, wrestling in uh, AAA once the pandemic uh, restrictions eased. And, hey, look, I, I have no problem with Kenny Omega wants to take some time away because I'd rather, you know, some, sometimes when someone loses, it's like they go straight into a rematch, they lose again, they've lost their heat, they've lost twice in a row now. And then they go into a feud that really doesn't mean as much and you don't pay as much attention. And you're like, oh, it's weird seeing them in this now. I'd rather they maybe just left for a while, give fans a chance to miss them, came back full, uh, fully healthy and went straight into a programme with someone else.
2: Do you know what? Give him a year off. A whole year. Give him a time to heal up, come back 125% better than he is right now. Just disappear for a while don't do anything no videos or anything like that can you imagine the pop when he returns
0: mm-hmm.
2: it's well, going to be huge i mean the, you know this this is one of the biggest stars in AEW without a doubt he's obviously got such an incredible reputation you know and and he deserves a break right now you know for the stellar matches he's been putting on while he's been in the condition he's been i, I even read he had like he, he's got vertigo you know wrestling with that, that must be horrible but you know everything that he's done has been fantastic and you know he deserves a break I, i'll be happy if he goes away for a little while heals up comes back and the like i said the pop he's gonna get it's gonna be like triple h when he came back isn't it that's gonna be the same thing
1: yeah, um, he's still the AAA Mega Champion as we mentioned, scheduled to defend against El Hijo del Vikingo at AAA's Triple Mania R- Rigia 2 event on December 4th, apology if I butchered every word in that sentence I assume um, you got that there Yeah, I think I got about there and then I think Regia, I think <laughs> Regina Falangi, um will be <laughs> wrestling at- <laughs> No, I am um, yeah, I, I don't know if that's going to be... Ch- It'd be a shame if, you know, having held the A title the longest and having held it through a pandemic, if he has to vacate the title, but if it's for his health, you know, it's great to great to see him. It would be nice to see him take some time off and come back. Um, also really enjoyed the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks um, who sided with Kenny Omega and the sort of... Uh, uh, Omega uh, page breakup, and it was Matt Jackson, the the little nod, the on you go, and Adam Page hitting the buckeye one two three, and they just let him have his moment. They didn't spoil it. They didn't. They knew it was his time, and it was a nice. It was a nice touch. I thought I really, really enjoyed that.
2: Yeah, it was good and uh yeah, you know, there was storytelling all the way through that match. Uh whether it be inside the ring or outside the ring, and it worked really well. Um and of course, pages going to dynamite well, which will be tonight as we're recording this. Um yep. and it, obviously he's going home, so you know the i the, they're definitely not going to do a WWE on him here and have him losing his hometown for any reason, or at least I'm hoping not. Um, I think it's going to be a big cowboy party tonight uh, on Dynamite, <laughs> which is going to be very good to see. Um, but yeah, what that was a very good ending to the pay per view, which I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest, cause I know we're going to get into it. I thought it was a little bit eh.
1: I thought the same. Uh, means Stephen Wilson had the conversation here. He had a conversation with a colleague who had um, who had given seven out of the ten matches four stars or more.
2: Ah, yes, um, I was in that. I was I was privy to that WhatsApp message.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, listen, people like their own wrestling. People, I'm not going to tell you what to like and what not to like. I'll just tell you what I liked and didn't like. So we'll run through the the card uh, straight away, and you know what. We've been overly positive here. Um, so tell me what your worst match was, right, when we w- when we get to it, and I'll tell you mine, okay? And then, okay. We'll, then we'll bring it back up a bit. We'll bring them back up. Now, this is a mid-card <laughs> slump. We're going to bring them back up for the main event. Okay. Um, so you had on the pre-show or the buy-in or the... Free for all, or whatever we're calling it in this decade. Uh, Hikarashida and Thunder Rosa defeating Jamie Hayter and Nyla Rose via pinfall. Uh, MGF don't, don't, don't
0: defeats.
1: I didn't Mar- like. no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the velocity buy in match. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, MGF defeats Darby Allin. Uh, the Lucha Brothers uh, defeated FTR uh, to entertain their AEW World Tag Team Championships. Brian Danielson defeated Nero by technical submission in the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament Final. Uh, Christian Cage in Jurassic Express defeated the Super Click uh, in a Falls Count Anywhere match. Uh, Cody Rhodes uh, and his obligatory I'm Cody Rhodes and I must be on the show match uh, teamed with Pac to defeat Malachi Black and Andrade. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, which I say DDM apparently on this podcast. Really? DDM. Apparently I do. But, you know, do you know why it is? I, I don't know why, but because, obviously, AEW Dynamite, I always I always sing to myself, DMD, <laughs> D-M-D Dynamite. D-. I'm with, you. And I'm, I'm, like, with you. I'm like, that can't be it. That can't be right. So then I go, DDM. Like, no, no, you had it right the first time. Um, so I'm going to be so, so mad when they leave TNT. Yeah, it's going to be I missed opportunity. Uh, so, Britt Baker uh, defeated Tay Conte uh, by pinfall in a match that I really, really enjoyed. We'll get to that later uh, for the AEW Women's Championship. CM Punk defeated Eddie Kingston. The Inner Circle uh, defeated Men of the Year and American Top Team in a Minneapolis street fight. Uh, and Man Adam Page, as we mentioned, defeated Kenny Omega to win the AEW World Championship. So... We've been positive. We've been respectful of Kenny Omega. Um, it's National Cowboy Shit Day today on Dynamite. Um, if you've seen, if you've not seen the statement online that uh, Adam, page is, is released, Adam Page has released, go Adam Yeah, go on to Adam Page's Twitter uh, and see the statement that he has released regarding National Cowboy Shit Day. But let's get into into what wrestling fans really like, and that's moaning. Uh, what match do you want to have a good grumble about? Oh,
2: there's a few. Um, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll go with Cody and Pac and uh, Andrade Alidlo and uh, uh, Malachi Black in the thrown-together tag team match, which was just poor. Um, it didn't click, it didn't work. I didn't feel that there was anything really... You know kind of establishing oh right, well, you know pack and Coda, they must be partners they were both both teams were using the same techniques. It's like there's the tag, oh I didn't want to tag in, you tag in, and it oh it was just it was it was just not very good and there was a there was a moment as well you know obviously you know well I've been on this podcast before and I've mentioned before that i you know i'm i'm training i'm 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 wrestling myself. And talking with my coach over the weekend as we were talking about some stuff in various matches, we were talking about the level of believability Mm
0: -hmm.
2: in in matches. And there's this one point, and this really gets me with some of the stuff that I've seen in AEW, but I do see it in WWE as well, and impact. So it's not just, you know, put in in one place. That some of the some of the believability is taken away by some of the moves that that happen. Like I I saw Andrade and Malachi literally wait for Pack to jump at them. They stood there like, "Oh, we're meant to look dazed," but we're not because we were. They were literally ready to to go, and they waited and held each other up for seconds, waiting for Pack to come at them. You wouldn't mm-hmm. do that in a, a you know wrestling. It's meant to be a fight. You wouldn't do that, and. Yeah, this happened in other matches as well, most specifically a six-man. Um, yeah. d- d- you just would not do things like that. The whole match didn't click and I didn't care for it, to be honest. Um, that I, The ones I didn't care for the most, that was the one I didn't care for the most.
1: Yeah, um, I think to... So something I spoke to, I watched it with my, my brother, Scott. Um Say for the likes of FTR, Miro, Christian Cage, um, Chris Jericho in his older age, uh, Jack Swagger, uh, Jake Hager is a heater. For all those people that AEW have been bang on the money with, booking-wise, Andrade, since he's went to AEW, hasn't done a lot. I know there's been some travel restrictions there. Malachi Black um, has been caught in the Cody Rhodes never-ending feud, uh, and Pack. I know Pac had like some time away for travel restrictions, but even since Pack's been in AEW since day one, and I- I've never been convinced that the way Pack's been booked in AEW is as good as like fans wanted it to be. But I think but it's been for a problem your- a no, yeah,
2: there's a number, and yeah, obviously you obviously mentioned a couple of them there with Andrade, especially. And yes, there have been restrictions and stuff, but there's a number of talents who I think you know everyone was clamoring for to, to go to AEW, and it's not yet gone the way it should have gone,
1: yeah. And like, say what you like about 205 Live, like, it, it's a dead brand now, it's, it's NXT 2.0s um thunder or you know to give it an even worse one velocity um it is velocity you no know, uh, for uh, yeah yeah <laughs> for for uh, 2.0 and but when uh, when pack was on that as Neville he was booked like an unstoppable bad guy yeah he was booked like an absolute beast and you know, say what you will about and want to move up a move up the division and, you know, what's happened to two oh five people when they've moved out of the two oh five live division. That's a completely separate conversation. I just I don't think Pac's been booked better in AEW than he was in WWE. I just don't. And I'm not gonna go too much into it because it's my favourite pastime here on Central just hating on Cody Rhodes. I don't do listen, I thought He's Cody quit, Rhodes, Twitter, seemed,
2: is that your fault? <laughs>
1: Yes, yes. I, I once a day I just text him, "Fuck off." Um, so, <laughs> no, listen. See Cody Rhodes. See, see, um, mask Cody Rhodes, and then when he took the mask off, and brought back the old IC title, uh, Cody Rhodes and Cody Rhodes. Even when he went babyface, feuding with Damian Sandow, and like one of my most underrated and favorite wrestlers of all time is Goldust. I love the stuff between the roads and the Shields, right? Yeah, that was really good. So see back, see back when the world title was the SmackDown title, I fully believe, you know, I, I, this tends to be a revisionist history. When people leave WWE, somebody goes, they could be a world champion. Not everyone can be a world champion, let's be honest. Cody Rhodes could have been a world champion. He might not have been... I don't think he's the draw he thinks he is, but I do think he's a draw. I... And I think that he could have been world champion then, and he was right to leave when he when he did because the Starbucks gimmick it had a shelf life and it, it had passed it and it wasn't going anywhere. Blah blah blah.
2: You, mentioned something, very, you mentioned something very right. interesting there. Um, I'll let you finish your point. And I'll come back to it.
1: Cody Rhodes now by not being. Like oh, I'm not in the main event picture and I've taken myself out of the world title picture and I'm never in the world title picture by doing that I think he's made himself more insufferable because he's now just this main eventer that, see that really weird time in the summer when people were just kind of done with Drew McIntyre because yeah. he faced Bobby Lashley this has been Cody Rhodes' entire AEW run since he lost to Jericho the MGF feud was great but he never put there was there was shades of Hogan and that I put him over, you know. You put him over, but like you, you made him look like a dick at every turn. You know what I mean? Like you, you had to look like the mighty hero every turn. And the, the my one, uh the the face of the Revolution ladder match, where he was taken out of the match. He stood up. You could see him. He was stood in the entranceway for a good ten minutes. And then hobbled back like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to win this. And it was just like, go away. Go away. So Cody Rhodes, there was no need for him to be on the pay-per-view. There was no story going into the pay-per-view for him. Him teaming with Pac against Malachi and Andrade, it was a case of who do we have? Right, we've got to get Cody on the show. I'm just, as much as Kenny Omega deserves a break and to cool down, Cody should just go. I know he's just back, but he should really just go away again.
2: It's again very interesting. You raised a a bunch of points there. For a lot of people who say that, you know, AEW doesn't do things that WWE do, that was a very WWE move. Basically, just sticking people on the card because they had to. You know, just stuff the card with all the talent, get everybody on there, get the payday. Um, And Cody, I mean, like you were saying, he did some. I I love that IC title run when he brought because I'm I'm a sucker for that old belt you know this one that Shinsuke Nakamura is wearing now it just it, it upsets me but that, that old the the original <laughs> belt is is great I love it it's one of my favorite titles and when he brought that back like, yeah this is cool and and, and he could have hit that top but this is the this is the problem that I think a lot of people are seeing because everyone just screams at certain talent that gets released go to AEW, go to AEW, go to this, go to that. And I think once these talents get there, and it's wonderful that they've got these places to go now, I think this is brilliant about wrestling. It's it's just so good that we've got all these different products that feel different, that look different, that are different. But all these people who turn up at these promotions can't be the top star all the time. They can't be. And you look at what AEW have got right there. They've, and, and that match showed a lot of it off. Cody, Pack, Andrade, Malachi Black, four really good talents. Four incredible talents. One with a huge name value, with a main, two mainstream TV shows under his belt. A man who really looks the part is completely different and can be vicious, like Pac. And two other guys who undoubtedly look the part and deserve to be near the top of the card because well, they're that good and they look like they fit into the top of the card. But they can't be because other people are there. So they either accept the fact that they're not gonna get there all the time and they're gonna have to do these things. And people then will be like, Well, why are they doing that? Why you know, why why are they jobbing to Cody and, and and all this? Or, you know, that's how they're just going to be booked for the rest of the time. They've got to find their position there. And, and AEW maybe are going to struggle a little bit with this because they've got so many top stars now that have come in and really hit a good note here. They've got, you know, the, the reputation's great. They've got Punk. They've got Brian Danielson. They've got Adam Cole, Malachi Black, Andrade Alidolo, Miro, Christian Cage, you could probably throw in there as well as a name top star. Cody, obviously. Yeah. Kenny Omega. I mean, that's at least 10 people who, you know, are at the top of the card. Chris Jericho. MJF is the best heel they have. I mean, I'm such a fan of Eddie Kingston. I really wanted him to take the title off marks when he had that chance. Because that, that would have been great. It's not happened. Uh. It didn't happen that way. Everything that has happened now, John Moxley, when he comes back again, top end of the card.
1: Absolutely. All those do not go into two. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Um, <clears throat> unless AEW does a brand split, I think there is going to be a top heavy card. And listen, while it does seem that a top heavy card is uh, a problem, WWE, you know, eventually had to make those decisions of right, yeah, you're not going to be top of the card. Like, yeah. you know, whether we liked it or not, you know, they decided, right, look, you know, Brian, you're going to be a heel WWE champion for six months, but then, you know, you're going to go in the tag division. And then, you know, you're going to, you know, kind of just float about a wee bit, you know, and that, that, that does happen. And I think in a couple of years to AEW, I think still riding a wave of momentum of 100%. We're, we're new, there's new things happening. We're the alternative. They're Eventually, only a couple
2: of but, years old and they've got this great you know, vibe yeah. about them right now. And rightly so, because there's some, there's some incredible
1: stuff that is going on. But the yeah, it's, it's the, that whole story.
2: Just being careful.
1: Yeah. The, the Hangman story over the year and the uh, Kenny Omega world champion while this was going on and then Hangman being the guy who beat Omega, mm. the guys who opened the show last year Ending it this year in a world championship match was amazing, and you know, long-term but, yeah.
2: storytelling has been missed from wrestling for a long time, especially when everything is geared around. Sorry, no pun on full gear, but everything's geared <laughs> to such quick hits. Everything's got to be done so fast, so it's trends, so it gets on on social and blah 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 blah. It you know, long-term storytelling has been kind of missed and now it's here and yeah yeah it's it's a strange one i mean again like i'm i'm just so happy for the talent because they've got places to go and especially when wwe released so many people you know having this promotion which has got money behind it which has got massive crowds that are coming to see them at at great venues That that is changing things at the moment but they've grown. I think maybe they've grown a bit too fast.
1: I think, I, I think if, unless AEW splits like that sort of brand split, mm. which I don't think they have any plans to do, you are always going to have a top-heavy card. And there is going to be guys like a like an Eddie Kingston who won't become champion, like a, you got Sammy Guevara. They've just signed Jamie Thro to go... He's facing Sammy Guevara for the TNT title. Sammy Guevara, I believe he's one of the four pillars. Uh, Tony can yep. describe
2: the man. I love uh, MJF I think he should be, Yeah, you know, he he's got a one point challenge for that title. and they, they are, he, He's got to win it at some point, but how long down the line does he win it?
1: <laughs> MGF, Darby Allen, who had a great match this, you know, in Fantastic. the opening match. Very good. They, they are two of the pillars. Uh, I'm going to go into, so I, I won't. Cody Pack and Malachi Black and Andrade was probably going to be my choice as well. I'm not going to bitch too much about this one. I'm going to just quickly talk about it and then we can go into talking about how good Mm -hmm. MGF Darby Allen were. (laughs) Uh, The Inner inner Circle versus Men of the Year and literally just Men of the Year. Um, The American top team, Junior DeSantov and Andre Arlovsky, who sounds like a a bad guy in a Grand Theft Auto game, Uh, and Dan Lambert. Dan Lambert was great as, you know, the, oh, putting it around and being that shit. Yeah. Out, you know, it was it was great. But Bobby the Brain Heenan vibes from Dan Lambert. Oh. Totally. Uh, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, the only people in that match, and then America's top team occasionally came in and needed somebody in the face. You're like, they were talking about the knockouts these guys had. Like, why are you just not hitting people as hard as you can? They're mm-hmm. just ending the match there. Yeah. But um I really don't care. Like, you talked about people uh, waiting waiting. Jericho did a lime salt, stayed on the grope for a good three seconds, and then Junior Santos punched him. And yeah. even then he missed. It was like Jer- Jericho seen it coming, so jumped back. So it looked like oh well, at least I've been hit and the camera didn't move in time. So you just seen this giant the size of my giant head was probably about <laughs> how much was between the yeah, fist that- and Jericho's actual head. That um, was also not very good. I got asked Scott asked me about the Inner Circle. Has a group ever went its separate ways and then come back together without doing anything as often as the Inner Circle? Because <laughs> Chris Jericho goes away and does nothing. Like Jake Hager never leaves Chris Jericho's side. Santana Ortiz, other than Inner Circle, I don't think they've done anything. And Sammy Guevara, he won the TNT title, but it was a sort of out of nowhere win. They just, they kind of. It was their first match altogether since the Stadium Stampede uh, back at uh, All Out, and to be honest, <laughs> like not much has happened since. So, I was about to say, were you bothered? Because I wasn't. <laughs> no, not really. Not really. Um, I think the Inner Circle. His faces doesn't work. I think as Jericho's cronies to help him keep the title, it worked. Um, now I'm not bothered, and I'm really and, not. And there's bothered. a
2: dilemma because because Jericho's so over because Judas. <laughs>
1: yeah. That, I it, say that I say that to Scott. The only thing over about Jericho now is his song.
2: It's, Have it's, him come out to enemy. <laughs> it's mad. It's it's just it's bonkers, but. Yeah, like I said, that match, it was... It was there.
1: Yeah, exactly. it was there. Um, MGF, Darby Allen opening the show. Uh, I like the Darby Allen entrance at pay-per-view. It's the big, long, cinematic one, sort of like how Hangman Page got yeah. it. Um, really enjoyed that. Really enjoyed MGF wrestling a technical match with Darby Allen, and then right at the end, the... Whatever it takes to win, just bang.
2: <laughs> yeah, hit him <laughs> with the ring. And then, and, and, <laughs> they, and he said he was going to do it. And he said he was going to use that headlock takeover to do him. And he put him in a headlock takeover and he pinned him with it. And that, again, showing how much of a absolute scumbag he is. And because he did that, cheating to win. And, and it worked. The whole match worked. It was great. Those two were very, very good together. And you know what? I'll be happy to watch that again.
1: Me too. So we'll just we'll quickly go through here um, the rest of the card because we'll we're not going to have time to go in him. We're half an hour in. So um, Lucha Brothers defeated FTR. Um, bit of a weird finish with the, um, the mask and the wrong man being pinned.
2: Yeah, um, I believe one of FTR got um, almost legitimately knocked out by Ray Phoenix. Yeah,
1: I believe it was. Dax, yeah, Dax, Hardwood. Yeah, I
2: couldn't remember which um, one it was at the time, but yeah, um, so, and I think that kind of spoiled the match. Was, I watched it and I, did, yeah, like I loved, um, yeah, the the Lucha Brothers tag winner um, at all out. I thought it was fantastic. It was a brilliant match, but this one just there was something missing, and quite clearly, it was because of what happened there.
1: Yeah, so a good show for the the other three guys in the match too. I didn't notice at the time I really enjoyed it um, well done to the guys in the match for you know dealing with that injury hopefully Dax Hardwood is okay yeah um, and there will be a match further down the road obviously Brian Danielson uh, I nearly said Daniel Danielson <laughs> <laughs> he's <laughs> new you know defeating Miro by technical submission Uh, bit of a weird finish but when Miro's just lost the TNT title and kind of been thrown into this you don't want to um, you don't want to have him be tapping out so I think in hindsight good match, good decision to have the big DDT because that would knock you out legitimately and you know when Brian goes for the submission the ref's like no no that's it, that's it, done Brian Anderson coming for Adam Page, and I look forward to that one. Good match. Uh, Christian Cage, Drass Express defeating the Super Click match that could have went five minutes shorter. What do you think?
2: Uh, I would have been a lot happier if this was just a uh, false Count Anywhere match with Adam Cole and uh, Jungle Boy. The, this, w- this was also not good.
1: <laughs> um, I'm, I'm- I liked it in the ring, but see, um,
2: oh, there's so like much, it. so many bits. Again, you know, when we're talking about people waiting, Standing hanging away. on, missing things. There was a there was a part when uh, Jungle Boy he sat that he, he was sat down on, on a chair in the middle of the ring, and he turns, and then he turns back, and what he'd done then, he turned. He would seen Adam Cole coming for him, and he turned back to take the shot. <laughs> uh, at that point, I was like, I'm out and it, See, when it, after that it just it, it completely died on its backside for me I, I just I wasn't interested anymore because I, I was yeah. like this, this guy this is a false count this is again a big fight and he's just looked at the guy he's going running at him and going oh yeah we're going to take a bump here I better turn my head back because you know cameras
1: Um, I I get moaned up for this and I, I'm not saying that the match was the same quality I'm not saying that the wrestlers in were the same quality but the, the Goldberg-Bobby Lashley match at Super Showdown, when it got yeah. to the ramp and it felt like everything was setting up for spots and people were standing about waiting for those spots to happen, that, that very much felt like this once it got to the entrance ramp. In yep. the ring, very good. Some great, some great spots. Guys busted open, looked good. But I think, personally, it was a 22-minute match. That could have been done in 15. Um, yeah, it could have been,
2: done, been a lot shorter. A lot shorter. But again, I, I would, I'd have been much happier if it was just Jungle Boy and Adam Cole. Yeah. I don't think he needed anybody uh, else in that.
1: Uh, Britt Baker defeating Tate Conte. I thought Tate Conte came out looking a million bucks here. Uh, didn't submit. Got so close to defeating the champion. Almost got out of the... Um, the oh, what is Lockjaw? Britt- lockjaw. Almost got out of the lockjaw, only to then get caught. And pinfall I think it made take Conte look amazing I think it made Britt Baker look even more like dangerous and sneaky and yeah I really enjoyed this match I thought it was a great match
2: yeah it was decent um looking forward to seeing what they're gonna go with with next I and mean, yeah I think take on as um has built up a good rep. And uh, I like what she's doing with Alan and Jay. I think they're a decent sort of unit together. I don't want to see a, a breakup with those two. I don't think there's there's any point in that. Um, and, yeah, who's next for for Britt Baker? I mean, where did they go here? And, you know, obviously there's the potential of uh, an Ember Moon incoming, uh, TBS champion. Do they get a shot at some point? Because I assume Ruby, right? uh, Ruby Soho rather is going to win that. But, um, yeah, there's there's lots of good options for, for Britt down the line, and I think she's still such a fantastic champ. So, yeah, fair play for her keeping the title, and it was a decent match.
1: Yeah. Um, CM Punk defeats Eddie Kingston. Um, CM Punk, uh, ironic that he had a problem with The Rock in 2011 because CM Punk is loving his Rock 2011 comeback too. <laughs> um, I'm CM Punk. What's your gimmick? What do you mean? I'm CM Punk. Remember you liked me? Um Do you want me to yell, it's clobbering time? Not really. Um, Wearing a pair of MMA shorts that you know were meant for an MMA fight that never happened. (laughs) Defeating Eddie Kingston by pinfall. Um, Really enjoyed the match. Eddie Kingston winning the crowd over. Punk being booed, which um, Tony Khan likened, again, another Rock reference, to The Rock being booed against Hogan at uh, at Mania Uh, 18. yeah. Yeah. Eddie Kingston, I think a lot of people wanted Punk to lose to make him a bit more interesting because it, it, his return has just been, I am CM Punk. Um, I'll, t-
2: I'll tell you why everyone was behind Eddie Kingston. Because everyone now believes in him. You, you must have read that article that was on Players' Tribune, you know, right?
1: Uh, what is what is he doing here or something like that? That
2: whole thing with Eddie Kingston now about how, you know how he's battled with his mental health, how he's battled with addiction and various other things, you know, like he's talking about drinking and various other things, how he's battled all this. His best mate is currently out, and I wish John Moxley all the best and and all the health in the world to get himself better and in the right place. I believe in Eddie Kingston more than I ever have now because I can see the man himself and people, these fans, because these are smart fans who've gone in, these are not like, you know, this isn't the kids that go to the WWE show, do you know what I mean, with the families. Yeah. It's not those children who don't read these things. People who watch AEW have read this stuff, and they're like, holy crap, this guy, I've got to get behind him, because why wouldn't you get behind this man? He's believable, he's relatable. He's relatable. I'm all in on Eddie Kingston, and that is why he was so over. Because you believe in Eddie Kingston now.
1: Very well put. Very well put. Um, Punk and Kingston—be good to see them have another match down the line. And yeah. I'm, I'm, a boy, I'm, talk- I'm a
2: huge CM Punk fan as well. You know what? I, yeah, yeah. Of course I went out and bought the t T-shirt as soon as it turned up, but you know what I mean? I, I, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, has his run really sort of electrified me at the moment, another rock reference? Uh, no, not <laughs> not massively. Um, I almost think he's sort of still feeling his way back, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, yeah no, no, absolutely, absolutely. I get what you mean. It um, is, a, is a weird one. Yeah. Um, you know not I to be like, oh, it's been two months, give it time. But at the yeah. same time, there's been nothing other than I'm CM Punk. And it, like, I come in as we launch this new show and wrestle on it. And I, I did laugh. I, I described Punk as Bret Hart wrestling on Thunder for WCW. <laughs> uh, and it says, T- uh, Tony Cannon apparently said, no one on AEW is contractually obliged to wrestle on dynamite and i'm like this is a hundred percent Hart and wcw um but hey look i think full gear a very good show match of the night was clearly the world championship and clearly the main event uh the women had a great match uh, for the women's championship the tag team match despite the hitch was very good um and the two up-and-comers who are part of the four pillars Really put on a great show. A lot of filler though, and a lot of matches that maybe went five, ten minutes too long. Um, I'd I'd say a typical six out of ten pay per view with a a ten out of ten ending. Is that fair to say?
2: A hundred percent. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Good. So I think sometimes people we we have recency bias. I think if we have a you know say say a ten match WWE card and nine matches are 10 out of 10, and then one match is one out of 10. It's like, oh, God, because you remember the ending. You don't remember yeah. the middle. You know what I mean? Yeah, a lot of filler. Typical Cody looks. but look, I enjoyed the finish. Well done, Adam Page. That was a good pay-per-view. And we will get another pay-per-view this coming Sunday, a Survivor Series um, and the incredible ever-changing teams. <laughs> <Every time. laughs> What's that about? Um, I'll just run down the card here quickly. Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair, champion v champion.
2: It's already changed.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> uh, well it, it might might have changed by uh, might have changed by Friday. Uh, you never know. Tony Storm's challenge Charlotte Flair. Hopefully, I'm in a, I'm in the, the ESSR draft that the listeners know about. If you listen to Saturday Draft Live, I have Tony Storm my team. She's not shown up all season. I have a slender lead going into Survivor Series but half of David Campbell's team is on oh. Survivor Series. I just have Big E. Tony Storm on like, the last week won that. Oh, just, it'd just, out, it'd be out of nowhere, wouldn't it? it just uh,
2: run
1: out of nowhere. <laughs> but, um, WWE Champion be Universal Champion Big E versus Roman Reigns. Um, I think here, by the way, and I'm just going to put it out here, Big E gives Roman Reigns his first pay-per-view loss in over over three years, maybe. Oh, that's interesting. And, but then at the next pay-per-view, Roman cost Big E his WWE Championship the same way Ronda cost Charlotte and yeah. Becky. Um, I, I think Roman will run interference and Big E versus Roman... For the WWE Championship at WrestleMania for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania, I still think the E's over enough, and you know it's his first title run. There'll be a hunger for a second, and Big E defeating Roman Reigns. So it, it can, I, Big
2: e can I add a step to this this little plan of yours? And I assume it's a step that you probably thought about um, to get ro- uh, to get E to that position
1: he wins the rumble. yes uh, i was thinking that but i didn't want to say that because i've said this before about bianca when she went to smackdown uh, so when she went to raw but then becky went to raw the next week yeah and i just basically dated myself immediately <laughs> but
2: yeah, yeah. I, I actually i thought he may have been in with a chance uh this this year but um yeah he in at 22 um that's that's plausible and going to Mania, and that's like a whole big uh, New Day revenge thing, isn't it? Yeah, I, think I like that, and and obviously the celebration will be great.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think if you make if you end what is going to be at the time a record breaking run, because I believe if it holds it to WrestleMania, um, he he beats Brock Lesnar's like two year ring oh, wow. or something, um, and. That well would you call it? A uh, that makes Biggie a megastar The the pay per view yeah, win, totally. The sorry, the Royal Rumble win and the Universal title win. The fact that it's not his first world title, but it still feels new enough that it is. It just it, it pushes Biggie into the stratosphere, and you know, I I don't mind Biggie being the face of the company. I think he's amazing. I think he has earned it. Uh, RK Bro Randy Orton and Matt Riddle the Raw Tag Team Champions against the Usos Jimmy and Jay Smackdown Tag Team Champions also we note here when Orton appears at this upcoming year he's set to have 177 pay-per-view fights as of this Sunday he's going to break the WWE pay-per-view appearance record Um, who who holds that? who holds it? Uh, guess. Oh.
2: I, I know, that's what I was asking you.
1: <laughs> Alright, no, I'm I, so I thought you were asking me. Is as uh, I'm looking at it just now, unfortunately. Uh, so I do not know what you guess. had it in
2: front of you. I thought I was going you know, to try, try and do you over, but it's, <laughs> it's someone, that, someone I genuinely didn't expect, actually.
1: Yeah, it is Kane. He's currently tied um, with Kane for 176 pay-per-view fights, which, I mean, we say we don't expect it, but Kane was constantly on pay-per-views, and you forget that's a guy that's fought... On pay per view, for even if he didn't hold them, he's fought for the IC title, the world title, the WWE title, the ECW title, the universal title. If it's a world title, Kane's fought for it. Money in the Bank, it. he won that. Money in the Bank, he's fought in about nine of them. <laughs> so, yeah, 177 fights ahead of Kane, who's on 176. Third place is 174, The Undertaker. Uh, Triple H, 173. And then John Cena, 163 pay-per-view fights. Um, wow! Amazing.
2: amazing, what a run!
1: Um, there if he you are. A
2: so, ground up, yeah, you know, he would have had
1: all them <laughs> matches. <laughs> um, it, was, it was someone that put on Twitter: uh, meaningful shows in Randy Orton's career. Survivor Series, Randy will break the most pay-per-view records. Um, Oh, November twenty second is his daughter Brooklyn's birthday. Wow. Uh, on February twenty first uh, is Roz one thousand five hundred episode which he could compete on, and on the twenty fifth of April two thousand twenty two, if he's not released by then, what you, you say, oh well, yeah right, Rand, you never say never. <laughs> If he makes it to April 25th, 2022, he'll have wrestled for exactly 20 years with WWE.
2: Wow. That's a good run. That's a hell of a run. In. And from a guy who I think freely admits that he, he pretty much almost destroyed his own career on several occasions. You know, for him to yeah. still be here, still doing what he does, and at the top of his game as well, and doing what he's doing right now, putting people over... Not just like in the ring, but also by association. Riddle is so over just by association uh, with with Orton, and I, I, I'm all in on rated on I, I also rated RK bro, but RK bro, I'm
1: all over on that. They're so good. <laughs> yeah, I I absolutely love them, and just not the fact that um, my rival in the draft, David Campbell has the Usos, I will be rooting firmly for RK-Bro. <laughs> um, Damien Priest, it. the United States champion, taking on Shinsuke Nakamura, the Akroneno champion. Um, the Forgotten Midcard champions uh, will have a match here. I
2: Honestly, love the pair of them, so like that could end in some kind of... I don't know, they can both just walk out. I I, I love the pair of them. So.
1: Uh, and Team Raw, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor and Kevin Owens. Uh, the not the usos Bobby Lashley eh, sorry not the Mysterios Bobby Lashley and Austin Deedy. <laughs> um that that got me by the way. Um so last week Bobby Lashley has a match against Dominic Mysterio because Adam Pierce went, I think I made a mistake. But they're all former world champions except you. So you'll take on former WWE champion Bobby Lashley. Okay, fair enough. And then Ray fights Bobby for his spot and then Austin Theory, never a world champion, gets his spot. Austin Theory's never won any sort of title in WWE or NXT.
2: Yeah, it's a weird one. Um, <laughs> it's just it's just bizarre. Um, I like Theory. I think he's good. Um, yeah, I'm watching him from Evolve come into NXT and do his thing there. And obviously he had that little pandemic run um, as well with, uh, with Andrade and Zelina. Um, he, he, he's got, he's got something, you know, there's, there's something there that is now working with this, with this crowd, but it is really weird how he's just kind of like crowbarred into this match. I'm wondering if he's going to get like a quick elimination or something like that, because yeah, you that know, they're, they're going to do something odd with him at the pay-per-view.
1: I think he eliminates uh, so we'll, we'll go through Team Smackdown here Drew McIntyre, King Woods Happy Corbin and uh, Jeff Hardy who defeated Sami Zayn and a loser leaves the team match um, and I think he's going to pin Jeff Hardy he's going to go for he'll, no you know what he'll pin yeah he'll pin Hardy he'll go down on the ground to take the selfie with him only to be met by a big elbow yeah. by Xavier Woods and he'll be eliminated. That, yes. that's that's my my fantasy booking. Um, 100%. And let's look at the raw women's team. Bianca, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, Carmella and Queen Zelina. Um they've been teasing Nikki Cross, unhappy that Rhea Ripley's are now without her. We could have a wee bit of shenanigans with current raw women's tag sorry, the women's tag team champions. Team SmackDown, Sasha Banks, Shayna Baszler, Shotzi Blackheart, Natalia and no longer Aaliyah. Aaliyah was a shock addition. She gets added to the team. It's like, all right, cool, maybe this could be her breakout moment. She wins a six-woman tag on, um, on Smackdown. SmackDown, getting the pin for her team and beating, um, beating a, a team that had the SmackDown Women's Champion in it. Only to be told by Sonya Deville, yeah, you're not on the team anymore. This, I, I don't have a problem with heel authority figures and I'm abusing the power and I, I like a good bastard general manager. I also like a good, good guy general manager. I, I If it's a good general manager, I'm there. Ross is there for you. But this whole, oh, we're just authority figures and we're just WWE officials and we, we just kind of make the matches but no one's a general manager. Then who picked the teams to represent Raw and SmackDown? Who picked the teams to represent, you know, the women, and who who picked the men? I think they're hinting that Adam Pierce picked both men's teams. But well, what what? Where's the stake? Where is the where's the brand supremacy if it's one guy picking both t- both sides? You know what I mean? Like, I just, I think Survivor Series does need a tweak and. If you know, I'm not saying have you know the authority back on TV every week. I'm not saying have Shane McMahon on TV every week, but if you're going to have uh, authority figures, then at least have someone like a William Regal who you know you, everyone knows William Regal NXT general manager, but he's not on TV every week. You know what I mean? Get. I wouldn't mind if they got someone like a, a Devon Dudley.
2: Yeah, um, yeah, I think yeah, it needs some kind of presence, I guess. I mean, look, let's face it, Survivor Series—they quite clearly got bored of the original concepts, and this is the pay-per-view that gets thrown together every single year right now because oh, it's SmackDown versus Raw. I kind of enjoyed it when they had the NXT stuff in it, and mostly I went—I went to the yeah you know, one of the tapings of Raw and SmackDown, and and you know, obviously, you know you you got to see you know, Baszler coming in and. Wrecking everybody, and then you know, the NXT guys jump in and do their thing. I love that stuff, I love, I, it was great, but it's just there's nothing you know, it's not. I ended up watching just because it was there, I ended up watching um, Survivor Series 1990 the other night on the network. Um, and and that I can't, I don't know if you remember it that well. Um, but this was the one where they had the five, yeah, you know, that it was obviously the Undertaker's debut. Uh, But it was also the one where they had all the teams doing their thing. And and it was, you know, faces with a a common sort of theme and purpose between them. You know, like the tag team in this team, they didn't like the other tag team and they were fighting against them. And, you know, Dusty Rhodes and uh, Teddy Bioscia were in a feud together. And that was working because they were on opposing teams. And then right at the end, the Survivors formed two teams and had the ultimate Survivors match. And it, it it was it was really good. I used to love this, but now it's just it's just like a bunch of people getting together. Oh well, well we'll we'll wear our red t-shirts and you'll wear the blue ones, and it's like a crap football match.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> um,
2: Capture the flag, mate. I don't care.
1: <laughs> I, I I think it's been very thrown together. I think 2016 was great because it was the first year after the brand split and, you know, smack raw had some really good shows right at the start. Yeah. And then you know, Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho together were a highlight on raw. Just um, hard. you had SmackDown, you know, coming together nicely. And, you know, like they, they had like, you know, AJ Styles had just won the title. Dean Ambrose with the top baby face. John Cena was floating about, um, you know, playing like a veteran role. So he was still on TV, but he wasn't taking over TV. Um, and it was really fun. And the next year, you know, AJ Styles brought Lesnar. The year after that, AJ Styles so brought Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan. Great matches. Um, But it just felt like rinse, repeat. So the NXT one sort of made it a bit fresher. Um, I understand the pandemic didn't allow that to happen last year. Look, mm-hmm. that's fair enough. But now I think people always talk about there should be stakes to Survivor Series. I hate that the draft is right before Survivor Series because why should I care about the loyalty? To, like They are 2005 when they done... They used to do it every couple of years, mm-hmm. Robbie Smackdown, and it was like a two-month storyline where Edge showed up on Smackdown just to tell people they were beneath him and like they were on the B show and all that crap. Um, and Smackdown guys showed up on, so it was like Ross, was it Ross tip? Like it was like a 600 show or something like that where Smackdown guys wanted to have a match and Eric Bischoff came out and went, we don't want to see the B plus players and turn the lights out. Yeah. yeah. Um, then, then you had the taboo Tuesday thing and then you had survivor series <laughs> And it didn't take over the whole show. Like I think you had, I think you had maybe four matches that were brand versus brand, and then you had other things going on, like people like I don't give a crap. I'm the US champion. I'm the Intercontinental champion. You know what I mean? I just want to defend my title or stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there was other stuff going on. So the brand supremacy was the key focus, but wasn't overpowering. And NXT freshened it up. But I think now, now that there's no stakes and storylines, there's no guys showing up on what... like The Usos have shown up with five days to go and you know Biggie, he's going to and on them this week. 100%. Yeah, but, but like it's like a case of Big Whoop. I think the draft should be two weeks after Survivor Series or the Shake-Up or the, you know, whatever they want to call it nowadays in WWE. But I think now, I think it should be a case of, right, if you win, if you're on the, the men's team that wins congratulations, you're either one of or you're the number one contender for your brand's world championship. Same with the women's. By the way, if you were the sole survivor or one of the sole survivor, you're now the number one contender to your brand's women's championship. Winning brand gets number 30 in both rumbles. And if the draft is after that, then why not say, right, you can have one draft pick this week and you can have one superstar where you say hands off, so, yeah, give, it some steaks. give it some stakes.
0: Yeah.
2: Give it some stakes. Don't just like have it, you know, like <laughs> I remember the Bragging Rights Cup. I mean, who cares about that? But, you know, like give it something. Even that, then, that, like you yeah. were
0: fighting for a cup. There was
2: a stake. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It was something. But give them something to fight for instead of just like, oh, it's Brent Supremacy. Yeah. And, and obviously, like, you know, SmackDown had to you know, do something great because they had the Big Fox deal. Yeah, like oh, it just doesn't matter. It just feels like this is like almost like a holding pattern, just getting towards the end of the year as it creep towards the Royal Rumble. Yeah, uh, and again, maybe another place that you could put the draft because this feels like a natural reset point. Do it after WrestleMania. Yeah, because yeah, WrestleMania uh, is your big show of the year. That is what you, that is what everyone's ramping up. to. you go on the road to WrestleMania, you get to Mania, and then after that, things generally reset a little bit. So why not yeah, do a full scary. reset?
1: That used to be what it used to be like. It was a case of um, you would have the post-Raw Mania, you'd have two weeks after Mania, you'd have Raw's in the UK and then Raw um, Raw Draft. And yeah. it wasn't Raw then Smackdown. No, there was a Raw Draft and then they had a fun Smackdown where everyone was eligible to be on there and people would red and blue t-shirts on. Then they had Extreme Rules and then after Extreme Rules, it was none of this, on three weeks we're going to, Extreme Rules was the last chance like, if a Raw person doesn't beat, you know, the US bound, the Smackdown US champion Sheamus, then Raw won't have a secondary title, Yeah, and, you yeah. know lo and behold, Kofi Kingston always found a way to win and, you know, a, ta- a championship remained on Raw and a championship remained on Smackdown, but it was still stakes, you know what I mean Yeah, and it, it, was, it that's how it used to be, so yeah, the whole brand supremacy thing, I'm not lo- I, I really am not looking forward to, um but um yeah, I think there should be even if the draft is in what, well, the draft's in what April, then have it that like, hey by the way, you get one free draft pick right now. Yeah, you can take
2: you know someone. How the pop now, you can...
1: When John Cena showed up on Raw. Yeah.
2: Upset the i and
1: take someone now. Yeah. Imagine the pop when it's like, please welcome the newest member on Monday night raw and you know, Roman Reigns walks out. Yeah. And it's like, oh, Christ, Dave. You know, I mean, you can do something big with that. And just, I don't know. I just, I'm getting frustrated, already. (laughs) (laughs) right? Look, yeah. I can do this better.
2: (laughs) For me, this is a pay-per-view that's been completely thrown together. I'm not interested in it that much. Am I going to watch it? Probably, yes. Um... Biggie and Roman, I really want to see that. Um, I'm interested in Priest and Nakamura because I, I like the two talents. I think they're very good. Uh I think Nakamura might just give Priest the, the rub here. Um and it won't hurt Shin in any way. Um The rest of it It's just gonna happen. Charlotte and Becky, obviously, I'm I'm looking forward to kind of seeing how they how they get through this match because you know obviously the 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 bits that they've been going off on each other with recently have been very interesting it's blurring the lines between you know the pro wrestling world and reality and i i like that but you know how many times have we seen this match now yes they are the two big stars in the company but how many times have we seen this and it it just can't be the main event going into mania. It can't be. There's got to be something
1: else. Yeah. Like we'll, we'll talk about the back and forth just before we talk about, um mm-hmm. we've talked about our frustrations with the survivor series, um, with the survivor series card and um, poor ticket sales have been reported for the event. Um, I've actually got a <laughs> personal connection to this story. Uh, I have a cousin who stays in New York, and David will be attending. He got into wrestling during the pandemic for something to do. This okay. is his first. This is his first ever live show in a Survivor series. He hasn't had to endure the holiday camps and the the live American wrestling and the. <laughs> hey, if you're going in, guy. you've
2: got going big,
1: right? You know, don't yeah, mess with Okay. Like, he's never. He's never went to a wrestling show. At 2 pm, and then after a night out in town, went into a McDonald's at 4 am and seen the yeah. guy who was in the main event that night serving him his McNuggets. He does not know the pains of indie wrestling, <laughs> he's going straight in at Survivor Series. So, trust me when I tell you, he's getting what he deserves here. No, I'm dumb, John. <laughs> <laughs> His tickets for the event, uh, and a decent level, were £90. Uh, they okay. are now on sale, still available in that section for thirty dollars this week. Um, so sixty dollars. Yeah. I know I realised I said pounds and dollars. I meant to say dollars the first time. Sixty dollars off um, what he originally paid for them.
2: Oh, I'm looking it, at. I'm looking at the seating plan right now. I'm looking at uh, uh, where you can buy tickets at this very moment, and I know exactly where your friend is sitting. And they are indeed. I can confirm thirty-one US dollars each. Uh, for those tickets right there and that is um if anybody's really interested uh section 223 row
1: 16 at $31 i was i was about to say you sounded quite threatening i know where your friends sitting. i know i'm not, um, <laughs> not a hostage you know what, movie I, I don't give a shit if you should sure. i'm joking
2: i am um, <laughs> just going right down now to the floor level as i'm looking and there are um third row tickets uh, Five hundred and fifty-six dollars, and there's a fair chunk of them left.
1: There you are. I think you'll see a lot of people getting free upgrades on Sunday. Enjoy, guys. Um, let's let's move on to the Becky and Charlotte. Um, this this match you mentioned, we've seen it so many times, but I think it's going to be a barn burner. Just basically because of what's going on off out off of TV. Um, you'll recall a couple of weeks ago the story that Charlotte Flair uh, apparently was unhappy backstage at a segment and was letting everyone know. Mm -hmm. Becky Lynch and her got into an argument backstage, which nearly became physical. Uh, This past week on SmackDown, uh, Charlotte cut a promo saying, there's nothing nothing natural about Becky Lynch. She's a manufactured champion. Becky Lynch then hit back, Rich coming from you, there's nothing natural about me. Uh, There was then a segment that aired on Raw, Uh, Through WWE on BT Sports Twitter account Talking about Charlotte's attitude And Charlotte said Obviously my attitude rubs people the wrong way But if I was a man Not the man, a man Would it rub people the wrong way? What, Charlotte's difficult? Why? Because I stand up for what I believe in Fair point there And then Becky Lynch responded No one on our roster, male or female Acts like this, gender ain't the issue here You are Um (laughs) Getting a bit personal, um, we've always known that these guys are um, quite. Would you call it? They're, they're quite um, pally. They were real friends outside. I couldn't get my bloody words out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, they mean, were. The drama, good friends, are, they?
2: they were part of the the whole um, PCB faction when they came in when it was Page back in Charlotte.
1: Yes. Yep, and they they came through together, part of the four horsewomen of NXT. Um, two of the three first ever women to main event of WrestleMania together, and now uh, things have apparently changed a bit at the top. Um, I'll put it this way: I'll give you this. Um, Charlotte is overexposed at the top of the card, but I think Charlotte is head and shoulders above any other wrestler in WWE and any other female wrestler. I think in AEW as well, I'm sorry, wrestling-wise, maybe not character-wise, wrestling-wise, Charlotte Flair to me is the best wrestler, female wrestler, in at least North America. I couldn't point towards Japan and all that. I know they have a lot of talented wrestlers and a lot of solid women's promotions there, but in North America, at the very least, and throughout Europe, I don't think there's anyone better than Charlotte Flair. So where where do you go there, other than having her at the top of the card? Becky Lynch at the same time, this sort of, I know it's, it might be in character, it might not be, but I'm not a fan of the, did you not say, did you say there's nothing natural about me in reference to Charlotte's plastic surgery? Because I feel if, if someone body shames someone, like if someone had a go at someone's physique in the women's division, it would be, you know, they would be shot down instantly be told they are an asshole whereas I think Charlotte Flair's apparently fair game because she's chose, to, with her body she's chose to have plastic surgery you know, that's her business and no one else's
2: What you have here are two alpha females in the WWE
1: <laughs> <like> David Attenborough.
2: <laughs> <laughs> What do you have here are two alpha females You've got the, the two top female talents in that company right now And understandably, the pair of them, whether it's kayfabe or not, want to be at the top. They want to be at the top of the food chain. They want to be the best. And they feel that they should be there all the time. And I'm one for ambition. I'm one for seeing ambitious people doing their thing and wanting to be at the top and it's hunger and it's Great. And Becky's come back. You know, she's she's had a baby. She's got in phenomenal shape. Shout out to Joshy G and Dead Boys Fitness because, you know, I do that and I know what they do. And Dead Boys and Joshy have trained Becky and, you know, she's got an incredible shape. She's come back looking like a million dollars. Charlotte Flair is still at the top of the food chain. Those two, they're almost like just trying to fight for one spot when they probably don't need to because there's room at the table for both of them to eat. And if it truly is personal, I don't think it needs to be. I just hope, and I'm pretty sure for the business because you know what? They're going to do business. They're going to make money. If they're genuinely arguing backstage, this is going to take someone like a yeah, like a Vince McMahon or someone like that, or even, or even Seth to step in, get these two, stick them in a the room and go, right, you two are going to do business tonight and you are going to tear this house down. I don't care what's going on. Let's just get in the ring and do it and put on a spectacular match. And after that, they'll go back, they'll shake each other's hands and they'll walk away.
1: Yeah, I think that's, that's fair enough. I think... Um like you said there is more room at the table than for what do you call it there's bo- room at the table for both of them they're champions of each brand and there's a reason it's because. and when they i say are- that
2: when i say that there's room at the table for the pair of them because like you said they are champions of each brand we go back to the point we made about aew before where there are so many people trying to get into that one spot right now because there's one spot here there's two branches it's like having Oh, because I've watched the Spider Man trailer too much today. Uh, it's <laughs> like having it's like having the multiverse. There's two places to go. Becky and Charlotte, they don't have to see each other anymore. They're done after this. They don't have to. They don't have to fight. It's over. They can leave it for a long time. And and that's well, probably a good thing.
1: It's fair enough. Well, we will. Um... We'll go through some quick uh, stories here because we've, we've,
2: uh, we've had a good ramble and it's been,
1: yeah we've had a good ramble and rant at things, right, so running through here, uh, no camel for rotten, that's not a very poor sequel to no country for old men, it was (laughs) um, what Vince McMahon said, Randy Orton as RK Bro took on AJ Styles and Omos in Saudi Arabia at Super Showdown. Matt Riddle made his entrance in a camel. Randy Orton apparently also wanted to make his entrance in a camel. Vince McMahon told him no. It's only one camel, damn it. <laughs> former NXT UK champion Walter is apparently in a relationship with fellow NXT UK superstar uh, Ginny. Uh,
2: John, I ran into Ginny the other day at the Manchester Arena with Trent Seven. Uh, I also ran to Sammy Zane on the street. He was on Dean's Gate in Manchester. Um, yeah, I didn't know about this until you mentioned it.
1: Oh, yeah. Romance is in the air. Love in the workplace. Despicable. Anyway, uh, Rite of Honours final <laughs> battle. It's still for... somewhere, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. HR. Uh, December the 11th, Bandito versus Josh, Grish- uh, Josh Grisham. Jesus Josh Christ. Russian, yeah. Gresham, now you Thank you. Thank you for saving me and my tongue. Uh, we'll take, pl- uh, we'll fight for the Ring of Honor World Championship at Final Battle uh, on December the 11th. That'll be the last Ring of Honor show for a while as the company uh, moves into a new a new era. Uh, Jinder Mahal has announced that he will be joining the cast of Disney Plus's uh, or if you're in America, ABC's Big Sky for season two. He'll play the character... Dhruv Mahal, and will make his debut this Thursday uh, at 10pm Eastern on ABC. Uh, it goes up as a whole series on Disney+, Plus, so I think we'll need to wait for a while. Don't um, the gender. What a guy. I love it. What a guy, indeed. Um, Rumours that WrestleMania 38's ticket sales are not going the way the company wanted. Apparently, they're having very low sales. Um, Dave Meltzer said, I don't have a number so far. But you could tell from the push, uh, really hard and everything like that. They are far, 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 far from a sellout. There's a lot of fars there, David. Um, I didn't expect it would this time. Fucking pop-ups everywhere. Try trying to read this thing. Basically, WWE are not selling out WrestleMania at this moment. Yes. It's only November, but apparently okay. they're not selling at the speed that WWE would like. There's
2: a lot of, um, I'm looking at, again, at SeatGeek now, which is the ticket partner for um, WWE on this one. Um, there are, are a lot of tickets in um, sort of the lower bowls and the uh, especially ringside areas still available. But obviously, when you look at the ringside areas, they are incredibly expensive. I'm looking at the um, the two-day combos um, right now. And, you know, um, like, you can pick them up from $96.00. And uh, that gets you in sort of the bowl area um, and and then they go up sort of like 142 all the way sort of down to 300 plus 500 uh, and then yeah when you get to ringside you're getting sort of silly money they're like you know nearly $4,000 <laughs> for four seats and that's a
1: both date that's a combo yeah uh, that's, these early discussions will be to get the diehards and I think people have maybe called a Conned on to what WWE are doing. Um, and I think, yeah, w- WWE, WWE fans have kind of conned on to what WWE are doing. And I think they know 100,000 seater stadiums. Well, there's there's a lot of wrestling fans, but not a lot of them will go to WrestleMania. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, that is just the quick stories there. We'll move on to Orange Cassidy, now a member of Chaos. And that means tonight he'll be teaming with Tomohoro Ishii as Tomohoro Ishii makes his Dynamite debut. OG
2: member of Chaos, of course. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing this. It should be a, uh, a very, very good match. Of course, they're facing Butcher and the Blade, aren't they? Which will be, be great. I can't like those guys. You know, the... the they just look like a mean tag team, but yeah, this, this will be fun. And, uh, uh, and an interesting introduction to, uh, to chaos into properly into AEW, uh, still, still holding out any hope of, you know, getting a card. Obviously I've had Rocky Romero and, um, and Brian Danielson, but, uh, seeing the rainmaker on there would be nice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Be. Certainly make up for his time in TNA. Um, WWE Hall of Famer Edge has revealed that it usually takes him between two to three weeks between matches now to feel that he's back to normal. Uh, so I don't expect you'll ever see Edge in a King of the Ring style tournament anytime soon. Or, and no, um, he's
2: looking after himself right as well, you know. I mean, he's come back from from obviously probably not really having to come back um, and he's looking after his body in the right way, you know, um, this stuff hurts. <laughs> and, and, and a man whose body has taken a lot of punishment over the years, uh, he's doing the right things. He's doing cryotherapy and, and yoga, stretching the muscles out. I know like Seamus does like 90 minutes worth of stretching before he gets in the ring these days. You know, Edge is doing the right thing taking these breaks.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think as well, um, I, nobody wants to see Edge go out injured again. And I think I think you would you call? It. I think you 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 know these guys that would you call it? You know these guys are going to not going to be around forever, so you'd yep. rather they just look after themselves, as you said. Um, no. Yeah, it's hey, I I enjoy having Edge here. I think he's been more than a full time wrestler this year, even though he hasn't wrestled like a thousand matches. He's he's been doing. Would you call it? He's been doing himself good. To just onto the next story here. Uh, Big Lucha ends its relationship with Travis Banks, and uh, Bandito has apologised. Uh, a video on social on a, vi- and a video on social media. Easy for me to say. Bandito has apologised for the booking of former NXT UK superstar Travis Banks, and announced his promotion. Big Lucha have ended his relationship um, ever since the speaking out movement. Um, Travis Banks has not been part of the UK professional wrestling scene. um, Allegations made against him about his personal life. Uh, He appeared in the Battle Royal at the Big Lucha show. Uh, Banks apparently received backlash from the fans and Bandito later apologised for booking the former Progress World Champion and said he would continue to do better. However, he was continuing to train wrestlers at Bandito's gym uh, and it was rumoured that he wrestled under a mask as Galactico on the promotion's October 30th show. So uh I think they basically they got caught, they try to hide it, they get caught again. It's a case of right out you go. Just
2: don't book these people.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you about not booking these people. What I will say was I was encouraged by the reaction of the fans. Um I don't I I don't know I, I don't watch any Mexican wrestling. I don't pretend to know anything about Mexican culture. However, something that happened um, pre-speaking out, Mike Welgen had a lot of allegations against him. Uh, and there, there was a lot of people still wrestling in Japan, despite accusations against them during the speaking out movement. And it was, late, it was the guys on Cultaholic, I believe Sam, who's more Japanese oriented. He said, unfortunately, Japanese culture you know, that a lot of it's designed to discredit women and it's very men ran. Like it's it's run by men most of society in Japan and you know, unfortunately it might seem possible that certain people who were caught up in the speaking out movement might be able to make a make a goal of things in Japan. And that got me thinking about Mexico because in Mexico wrestling is bigger than you know, bigger than anything WWE has, you know. The, mech, wrestling is football and you know, wrestling is like football in Mexico, it's the country's national sport, it's where Lucha Libre or, uh, you know, came about, I think people were, uh, I think I was worried that these guys might be able to make a living a comfortable living, wrestling for smaller promotions in certain areas and maybe getting away with it I'm glad to see that's not been the case here, and that even under a mask it's been a case of no. We know the allegations against you. You know, the evidence is overwhelming. We don't want you wrestling. You know, we don't want you sullying in our sport. So, um, kudos to the people of Mexico for that. And, yeah, as you said, just don't book these people, which is even more, even more um, irritating to see that, apparently, Marty Scurrow is continuing to wrestle in Puerto Rico and he popped up in Germany this past week. <laughs>
2: Like if, if you've got, if you've got such a terrible reputation, like yeah, this comes from something like this. Um, you know, I think that any promoter has to genuinely think about the you know, the the, the sole reputation of their promotion and them going forward, and as a business dec- decision, it's clearly not smart. Yeah. Um, and yeah I think in the you know the age that we 're in now, especially with social media that you know that, 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 that a bad decision is going to be amplified very very quickly, and yeah, you know promoters cannot make these bad decisions, and you know it's yes it's still a horrible situation, it really is
1: yeah apparently it's unlimited wrestling owned by a German wrestling YouTuber, so I don't know if it's a YouTuber okay. that talks about wrestling or a... I I don't know what that is, but yeah, apparently Pass. he showed up yeah. there, just not a very nice thing as it is. Yeah. We'll I think, I think that,
2: that's that. That's yeah, a good point to jump on that one. I I don't know where. Uh, yeah, the whole thing still yeah sends me cold.
1: Yeah, It's... uh Let's go on to the GOATS question, shall we? I don't ask him to do it, but he does it every week. Uh, the GOATS question by David Campbell, second place in this year's uh, draft. <laughs> 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 uh, he asked, which match will steal the show at Survivor Series? Leave your thoughts below and Ross McLeod will read them out in Central. Oh, fucking will I. Um, <laughs> so he's put... Uh, we've got Callum Bennett who says... The match that will steal the show is none. Callum <laughs> Bennett obviously not happy with the build of this year's Survivor Series. Uh, uh, Jack Graham, and this will be a good point for you to jump in here actually because I know you've got some more quotes about Becky. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack says, I guess Becky be Charlotte, but that's because of the outside drama rather than the actual build. I'll say it again, but Survivor Series is shite. <laughs>
2: well yeah that's fine I think we've already kind of cleared up the fact that it's not exactly the most well put together pay-per-view is it but um yeah this is intriguing for obviously the reasons that everybody's been speaking about and um uh, BT Sport have actually just put this out um it's uh, via um Ariel Hawani. of course they have a, a great relationship with Ariel and uh, uh, he was on the MMA hour talking to Becky Lynch and Becky has said about Charlotte Flair We don't like each other. We used to. My star was rising. We were the best of friends. It all worked when she was on top and I was below. We could see the way things were going in 2019. She couldn't take that and hasn't been able to ever since. Uh, When I got backstage, this was um, about um, uh, the incident, I believe. When I got backstage, I lost it. I verbally lost it. I had a match to do um, so I didn't have time to be scrapping in the back. There was no need for it because it wasn't about me. it was about her and Sasha. We need to go out there and be able to trust each other
1: Oh, Jesus That's, um, certainly heating up again um
2: yeah this this really does sound quite quite yeah, nasty. whether whether this is like the yeah the, the most amazing put together feud and and those two are sipping cocktails right now you know <laughs> on a balcony somewhere getting ready for this match or or they genuinely you know hate each other and and as they say you know like the dressing rooms are going to be at one end of the arena to the other <laughs> um but yeah this is going to be interesting i mean yeah wow
1: uh, ryan dalgleish says if only they made us care about the survivor series men's and women's matches um, sorry about that noise by the way that's the rain hitting off the roof of my conservatory <laughs> um, Ali McLucas said probably the pre-show matches uh, because if not I'd say Nakamura versus Priest has the most promise but I certainly agree with that um, Steve Wilson said the 5 on 5 matches are capable of being really good Roman Big E should be great regardless of build, I actually think that's the only one that's had any build to be honest with you um, David Hockney says Becky and Charlotte will probably get people talking, but maybe not for the right reasons, Given all the drama recently. The five-on-five matches are potential to be show-stealers, just as long as everyone gets a decent showing and the angles are set up for the weeks ahead. I agree with that. Uh, Scott said, RK Bro versus the Usos. Orton and Riddle are a better team than they've had any right to be now. And now they're going up against the best tag team in WWE. Genuine match of the year contender. And uh, <laughs> for a bit of fun, Grant McRobbie's put Ryan Gallagher versus Stephen Wilson for <laughs> free loader, free, ro- free loader for all match. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if you know, if you know, you know Stephen Wilson uses connections at Classical Live to get get some wrestling tickets. Ryan Gallagher is never away from things, thanks to his connections at Capital Radio. Am I better? Not at all. Just ignore <laughs> this grinding of <with> my teeth. <laughs> what are? What are your, we talked about it earlier on. What do you think? We'll be positive because we were quite negative earlier. What are you looking forward to from Survivor Series?
2: Uh, there's a couple of matches I'm looking forward to seeing. I mean, obviously like, the Becky Charlotte things more for the story. Um, hopefully they'll put on something good. Uh, Nakamura and Priest definitely because as I said before, I really like the talents. Um, I think the comment on RK bro being better than they should be is, is totally right. I mean, they, they just work, they are over and they are so good together. And like, they actually have tag moves. Like they, they work together. It, it's great. And now they've, you know, kind of made them sort of like have similar gear, which is a good thing. Um, I'm always a, a fan of a tag team in in the same gear. Um, that's good. I think that I think that that's going to steal the show. But I'm really interested in them two big boys, the two meaty men slapping me. Give me Big E and Roman Reigns. I want to see that.
1: I'm quite interested to see if if on this Friday SmackDown we get the replacements for the men's and the women's team. I'm going to be interested in what Sami Zayn does at the pay-per-view. I love his conspiracy gimmick. Yeah, I he's, love he's right. I love him so much. I think he's amazing. And it'll be interesting to see. I think the 5-on-5 five five men's match because it'll be interesting to see who can work together and who can't. Mm. Uh, and that's usually the downfall in these matches. And well, there you go. I'll, I'll put you on the spot just now. Who do you think... Will take the final spot on Team SmackDown.
2: Uh, the for the men. For um, the men. Oh wow! Um, I don't think it'll be Sammy. I think he'll kind of get his his, his way out of that one. Uh, I'm trying to think who is on the um, the actual roster now. <laughs> um, who's that? I'm trying to think. If I look at the um, the women first, actually, I'll just jump onto the women one. I've got a slight feeling. Um, that it's possibly going to be Sonia Um, because I reckon she's just kind of like well up for that at the minute. Um, Oh, oh, could it be, could it be Cesaro?
1: I was going to say, I don't think it's Cesaro. I think it's going to be Ridge Holland. Ridge would,
2: be, Ridge would be very good because they're, they're sort of te- teasing a tag team with Sheamus because the other one I was going to say was Sheamus.
1: But he's not... He, he, has it been on TV and he's like He's you, back you on mentioned. Friday. He's back right. on Friday. Well, that that certainly would be interesting. I think as well, um, they, they've they not done the, the 10 on 10 the past few years, mostly because they've released all the tag teams. <laughs> but I think... If they do a battle royal, maybe a tie team battle royal, it'd be interesting to see mm. like you know, who would shame his team with, you know what I mean? I, I think that could be quite interesting.
2: I mean the, um, the the other options that you've got, you you throw top dollar in for a standout. Yeah. Um Rich Holland, yeah, go with that. Um Cesaro, yeah, I'd definitely say him there. But uh, you know, you've not really got any huge options for the ladies. If it isn't going to be someone like Sonia, what about Zaya Lee
1: coming in as a debut? That could be interesting. That could be very interesting. But I am going to be selfish for my draft purposes. I'm going to tell you, Tony Storm. <laughs> uh, it's not prediction. It's a spoiler. She loves rock and roll, and that's what she is. She's going to win the SmackDown Women's Championship this Friday. She's going to go on to Survivor Series to defeat Becky Lynch. And Charlotte Flair will be the number five on the SmackDown Women's team. <laughs> mark my words. Mark my words. Love it. And then mock my words on Sunday when I'm very, very wrong. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I, I I, would like to see Tony Storm on the team. Draft reasons aside, Tony yeah, Storm. Yeah, I, I
2: to think Tony's been semi-done dirty. Yeah, since she's turned up on on SmackDown, yeah, because like she she is great and she's over and
1: I, I want to see more of uh, of Tony Storm. Absolutely, and um, I think keeping Naomi off the team makes sense for storyline yeah. purposes. And yeah, I'll go with I'll go with Big Ridge and Tony Storm. They'll replace for me. And like you said, the big meaty men slapping me. Can he beat it? Can he be? Can he beat a bit of meat? Anyway, (laughs) on that that horrendous imagery, uh, we'll wrap up the show, shall we? Uh, Thank you very much to John Isherwood for joining us this week. My pleasure. Thanks as always. Glad to have you on on a semi-regular basis. Uh, Next week, week I am going to be joined by someone. Uh, I'm just going to...
2: Oh, wait a minute. wait a minute! Is this like the you know the the SmackDown and Raw teams? Is somebody just disappeared? Are you putting like an anonymous person in there? Is it like the vacant position?
1: Yeah, like essentially, I decide who who appears every week, and then when I get bored of one of you, someone else appears. But anyway. <laughs> um... If the replaced man could just get over it and come back in four weeks when I beckon you, uh, that would be lovely. Because next week, uh, Chris Anthony Lopez is going to be making his ESSR Central debut. Chris was recently on our most recent debating chamber, which you can find a Eat Sleep Suplex retweet on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify and all good Android podcasting sites. Don't forget, uh, book it, retro review everything that we have for the likes of quiz showdown is on our youtube channel that's at suplex retweet and that is also the handle of our twitter and our instagram eat sleep suplex retweet is also our facebook page and you can find us on eat sleep suplex retweet community where that deplorable human being david campbell every week asks you a question that i have to read out even though i don't care about your answer get involved in the conversation and we'll see you next week see you for now bye bye Hi, I'm Scott McLeod. And I'm Grant McGroby. We are the hosts of the monthly show on Eat, Eat, Suplex
2: Retreat, East meets West. Where we'll bring you all the latest happenings, reviews and big events from New Japan and the land of the Far East. You can remember to check out on the Eat, Seek Suplex Retreat podcast feed on all good Android podcasting sites like Anchor, Spotify or iTunes now.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.